Hi, I'm Paola. And I'm Joe. Welcome back to a Xena Podcast. Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about episode 4 of season 1, Cradle of Hope. This episode aired on September 25th, 1995, and it was directed by Michael Levine. Here's the Hulu synopsis. Cena and Gabrielle protect an abandoned baby from King Gregor, who was told the infant would be a future threat to the king, and now wants the baby dead. The episode starts with Gabrielle sleeping and Zena walking up to her. They're like outside, it looks like they're camping or something. Mm-hmm. And then Gabrielle is complaining about sleeping on an uncomfortable surface. Mm-hmm. They try to tie this in at the end, but I didn't understand. Stand, I didn't understand like, it either, but we'll get to that. Which what I thought was weird about just like the very beginning is that Gabrielle slept on a rock, and then Zena like, what? Like, why do they have to sleep in different spots? You know what I mean? Like so far away. Like obviously Zena is walking mm-hmm. from somewhere else. Yeah. And by the way, Gabrielle did not look like she was sleeping because <laughs> like she gets up immediately and she. She didn't look like she was in a position where she was sleeping. Maybe she's a very light sleeper, and she heard Zena from afar, and she was like, oh, time to get up. I'm uncomfortable anyway, because I'm sleeping on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Actually, before that, they were. Uh, it's, it actually opens with the scene of the king getting a prophecy from this lady, mm-hmm. and his advisor, Nemos, is there too. I think that, for especially for the show and shows that are in the fantasy realm. I feel like fortune tellers or psychics or whatever you want to call them are like the best tool for exposition. The the best tool or just like... Well, not the best tool, but what I mean is like... The easiest tool. The easiest tool, yeah. Because when it's in a show like Xena or in any other show of the type, like... I don't even... I can't think of another one, but... Um, you can't say like, oh well, you know, that's clunky exposition, or why, why are they? Um, yeah, just it's clunky exposition. But when they're using a psychic, it's like, well, you know, it's in, it's within the world. It's realistic to the world. I guess that's what people would do. So yeah, I think just, I think a show like Charmed also probably does that a lot. Yeah, um, I could see that. Can't think of a specific instance, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they did that. Yeah, where it's like, we're opening the whole show telling you exactly what this episode's going to be about. But wait, it's okay, because it's a psychic <laughs> who's, like, giving us all this information. Like, the psychic is giving the audience the information, and they're also giving the characters the information, too. So I think that's kind of how they justify it. More than giving them the information, it's also, like, 100% the impetus of the, of the, of the, the conflict. It it creates the compl- mm. conflict entirely out of oh, yeah. out of thin air mm-hmm. because like a baby was born, nobody cares. Right. But somebody said that this baby was going to do something crazy in the future. Then it's like, oh, okay, now there's conflict from where from thin air. Right. After hearing the prophecy, somebody who was taking care of the baby uh, puts it into a basket. Typical Moses story kind of thing. There's a lot of stories that are, like, in the Bible that get, like, recycled into other literature or other stories. Yeah. Also, just, like, thinking about it from a practical perspective, specifically in this episode, is, like, why why do, the think, why do they think that the baby has a better chance of surviving in a basket than, like, I feel like it's kind of like it, the baby's either going to die because nobody's going to find it or 
It's gonna die because you know it's you know the the king was looking after him or something. Or, or an was, animal's gonna eat it, or it's gonna yeah. drown. Like there's a million reasons why basket and down the river is like the worst plan possible. So going back to Zena and Gabrielle. Okay, so after they get up, they hear a weird noise and they think, I don't know, maybe it's a monster or something, or a giant cat. <laughs> and then they go and look, and, and it's over by the water, and they see, oh, it's the baby in the basket. Zena's face when they found the baby? <laughs> um, pure disgust. Pure disgust. I was like, oh my god, has she never seen a baby before? Or has she, like, does she hate? She must hate babies or something, because she looked like she saw, I don't know, like, somebody's guts or something she was just like oh my god it's a baby that's gross <laughs> who's the director for this episode um the director is michael levine okay Wait, has he directed any other episodes yet not that not that we've seen no i don't okay. think so because he has some interesting choices i guess there's a lot of weird choices made in this episode and one of them is this thing that they do at the beginning where they, like, make this contrast between Zena and Gabrielle. Uh, first showing that Zena, like, is not maternal. She's, like, super not maternal. And of course, Gabrielle is her foil. Uh, is it... I don't know about super maternal, but, like, she at least, like, has some, some maternal instinct. She, like, oh, maybe the baby's hungry, and she picks her up and, like, holds her. And then later mm-hmm. on, she's, like, teaching someone else how to hold the baby properly and stuff like that. And I, I guess not super maternal because, like, for instance, she she says, "Oh, I've always wanted to have a baby brother." Maybe that's not maternal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I she, think it would still be considered like a maternal instinct. Yeah. To, to just want to care for another being, basically. Yeah. You know, it it sets up this thing for Zena as a character of like hating babies, mm-hmm. and then like she never likes the baby at the end. So I think what you were talking about is even more. Um, of a contrast in Xena because two episodes back in um, Chariots of War when she is in a village she helps out a village um, there are two kids that she like that they're they're the kids of a guy that she becomes friends with kind of, they, I think they try to form some sort of like romantic relationship at least within the episode and um, she stands in as kind of a motherly figure for those kids for that episode so that wasn't that long ago that was just two episodes ago where Zena was being kind of like a motherly figure and like I think she even wears like their mom's old dress in the episode and the little girl who hadn't spoken since her mother died speaks to Zena so it's kind of like okay so Zena was okay with kids two episodes ago and now she fucking hates them yeah I'm guessing it must only be for comedic effect, because it literally never comes up again in the That's in the whole episode. Like she's disgusted with babies at the beginning, and then nothing. Mm-hmm. So we see the baby in the beginning. The baby's really cute, and then he just becomes like a lump of blankets that they carry around. And it's so obvious that there's not a baby <laughs> in there, and it looks so funny when they like, you know, being cutesy with the baby, and you can so tell there's not a baby in there. It looks weird. Okay, so then they head to the nearest village to try to find where this baby's mother is. And along the way, they come across a group of people trying to hang a woman. Which, first of all, that's kind of brutal for 
TV. Yeah. Like, regular TV. That's exactly what I thought. Like, yeah, that was crazy. I was not expecting <laughs> to see, like, as much as they showed in the show, like, her... I mean, she was hanging for maybe, like, a second, but she was hanging. Like, they were hanging her, and it was mm-hmm. really weird. Like, not at all what I expected. I thought they were going to, like cut away to her feet like struggling or something like i wasn't expecting to see the full thing yeah and then like right after that xena cuts her down and then she hangs the leader of the group herself (laughs) only for a little bit again but she the hero of the story like is hanging someone she's brutal brutal the woman that they pick up is pandora she's not pandora that opened the box but she is her granddaughter and she just has the same name she's got the box She's got the box, and supposedly it's got the hope trapped inside. So Pandora kind of joins them. She comes along. I'm not sure why. Yeah, why does she come along? She just kind of does. She becomes part of the gang. Yeah, she just, like, joins their group for all of a sudden. And they get to, I think they're in a cave because it starts raining, right, and they have a baby. So they're like, let's get this baby to shelter or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, and she shows them the box. I think that's when they find out, like, she's she's got the box and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, here, hold the baby for a minute um, while I ask Gabrielle to do this thing for me. That's what Xena says. And then, like, they give her the baby, and she's like, ooh, baby. And then, like, just, like, immediately right next to her, Gabrielle tries to, like, get into the box. And it's <laughs> like, she's right there. <laughs> She's like, ooh, box. <laughs> so Zena's like, don't even think about it or whatever. Yeah. I just thought it was really weird when um, when they're going to go find the shelter uh, that Gabrielle, who's already holding the baby, decides that she'll also pick up the bag. Yeah. It looked like and a then, heavy bag, too. Yeah, it looked like a, it was a heavy bag. And nobody did anything about it. They're like, yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and Zena's like got nothing in her hands at all. Neither does Pandora. I guess, you know, Pandora just got attacked, so maybe... Her neck hurts. Her neck hurts. <laughs> but, like, Xena's just, like, walking around, and she's, like, super strong. And well, Gabrielle's just, like, struggling with <laughs> a baby and somebody else's luggage. And she's Xena's being just, the, like, She's being the motherly figure. She has to bear all of the... She's got to bear the all the weight. Yes. So after they leave the cave, they go to an inn to try to find some food for the baby. Um, they get a table, whatever, and Pandora takes out the box, and she's not even trying to be secretive about it. Like, she just, you know, takes it out, puts it on her lap, and does her little, like, reset thing, like, right in front of the innkeeper guy. And I'm just like, they already know that you guys have the baby, and now they know that you have, like, Pandora's box or whatever, the box. And it's just like... We just try to be a little more discreet or something. And then, sure, because the the, the innkeeper guy alerted um, Nemos. And when he does, he tells one of his employees or something, he says, get Nemos. So they missed a perfect opportunity to say, find Nemo. <laughs> uh, when all the soldiers come in and Xena realizes she needs to fight and her weapons are all the way across the inn, they do a really dramatic zoom shot. And it's, the it's, music. Like a, it's like a zoom out, actually. They start close up on the weapons and then zoom out to, like, show the distance. But like, oh my God. I thought like, it was really dramatic. It's like her face, like, zoom out on her face and then, like, cut to the chakra on, like, hanging up on the on the thing where she hung it up. And it's like, she's like, oh my God, it's all the way over there. How am I supposed to kill him? 
and the music is like bam bam bam. It's like really loud. And it's like, oh my gosh. And she has to come up with a plan right quick. Yet another uh great choice by the director of how to execute that I think scene. So too. And so this scene was it was a very interesting scene, like fight choreography wise, because the scene was set up so that she didn't have her weapons but she still had to fight a bunch of people. So like she starts off, she like does some fire breathing. That was really with like cool. alcohol. She like puts alcohol in her mouth and then fire breathes with a torch. I don't know if she's gonna do that again, but I hope she does because that was awesome. And then there's all kinds of like hand to hand combat, tricking them into fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she like gets her weapons, but then the chakra is one use, which it usually hits a person and then bounces back to her. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this one this time it got stuck in the in the person. And then she starts fighting a guy with her sword, but is immediately disarmed. Mm-hmm. He, like, knocks it out of her hand. And so then she has to go back to creative fighting. There was no real need for that scene to be like that, so it's just them being more creative with the fighting, which is cool, I guess. And then at the end, when she kicks everyone's ass, and then they're all, like, running away, she, like, spanks one of them with her sword. Yeah. I saw that. I thought that was a nice touch. Oh, yeah, and then she, like, grabs the innkeeper who told on them and does like that cool neck trick where it's like pressure points pressure points i feel like i've seen it somewhere else i'm sure it's been used in a lot of other places is it real can somebody actually do that i don't know i'm sure there are people who claim they can right but uh i don't know if i believe them the the thing that she did looked like a switch on switch off situation that yeah she like it's just like extremely convenient so yeah it's real I want to know how to do it <laughs> and honestly I don't I don't know why it's necessary because she can kill him with a sword she didn't want to kill him she wanted to get information out of him yeah but she could just like hold the sword up to his throat and say I'm gonna kill you but that wouldn't be as cool no you're right in the chaos of all the fighting. Uh, the box got dropped somewhere, and one of the soldiers picked it up, and they took it to the king. So after that scene, it cuts to uh, Nemo's and the king, King Gregor, inside the castle or whatever in the king's room. And we get another Xenar, which I think <laughs> is going to happen a whole lot in this show, and I really like it. Xenar. <laughs> Xenar. <laughs> we got to go get Xenar. <laughs> um, it's great. I love it. And it was Nemos who who said it. Who actually, like, the whole time out of all the people that were in the show, in this episode, um, is the person who, like, before that I least suspected to have an accent. So, like, I thought, like, I was like, oh, maybe he's actually an American actor. Because everybody else sounded kind of, like, a little bit off. Um, even, Even Lucy Lawless, like, sometimes I feel like she tries to, like, overdo it with her accent. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in the beginning she was like, when when Gabrielle picks up the baby and she's like, she's just like, why is it crying? Are you picking, are you, are you hurting him or something? Like, she says, <laughs> like, it sounds like almost Southern. It sounds really funny. Yeah, it sounds like fake Southern. Yeah. You are you hurting him or something? In that same scene, they're like looking at a map and he points at some area and he says, blah, 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 blah. And then blah, 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 the peasant area. I thought that was so funny that, like... <laughs> that's where we keep the peasants. That's where we keep the peasants. <laughs> I, I'm sure, like, that, that's probably <laughs> accurate. Worked, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just thought it was a really random way to name an area of the town. 
And then there's another dramatic shot. There's a dramatic oh, shot yeah. of like the king turning around and he's like, and, and the camera like turns with him and it's, it's very, very dramatic. It's when they get the scroll that says that Zener wants to meet with them. Yeah. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. They do like a very dramatic like pan from like um, Nemo's to the king. And it's like, whoosh. Mm-hmm. Look at his reaction. He's surprised. <laughs> so dramatic. I love it. Uh, I'm very interested to see if we notice a similar pattern of Michael Levine directed episodes in the future. Of being very dramatic and, and like weird choices of like storyline execution and and scenes uh, with very dramatic shots. I think Nemo sort of reminds me of Q from Star Trek. I think the the actor looks like the actor who plays Q and like later on in the show Q gets a goatee Mm -hmm. and this guy had a goatee and they they looked very similar. The same hairstyle, same goatee and like even a similar face for the actor. Q is played by John Delancey. I think I think he, I think the guy who plays Nemos looked a lot like John Delancey. So the king and Nemos agreed to meet with Xena. So when they go to meet in the inn, uh, they go up to the innkeeper and they're the innkeeper offers them drinks for them and all of the guards that came with them, but they're by themselves and um, they're like, no, we're just by ourselves. And then Xena pops up because she just wanted to make sure that they came alone. Yeah, I got startled when she popped out. She it was like again real dramatic. She's like, "Where?" Like she just comes up from behind him. Yeah, that's when Zena tries to kind of negotiate with um, Gregor, and he's like maybe a little bit more reasonable, but Nemos is like really evil. Yeah, and um, he, they just want the baby because they want to kill the baby, mm-hmm. or Nemos wants to kill the baby. Yeah, Gregor doesn't want to kill the baby. Especially because, like, his baby just died, so that's, like, fresh. Right. He he says that he'll do what he has to to protect his kingdom, but, like, he really doesn't want to resort to that. So they, they don't end up making a deal. Instead, um, Gabrielle finds a servant girl who works in the... In the, in the castle. In the castle. And, and she tells them that there's going to be a big party tonight. Yeah. Which, and that, yeah. Which, by the way, I was like, "Go, Gabrielle!" Like she's contributing to, um, like you know, she's trying to help Zena, which is really cool. And yeah, she, she did it the way that she knows best because she knows how to talk. Yeah, she, you utilized her skill to like actually contribute to the mission. She's not just like separated or a damsel in distress like she has been. So, yeah, so the servant girl tells them that they're having a party that night, and they need to get to the box before midnight. Pandora had to reset the box, otherwise they would open, and then humans would lose hope. Mm-hmm. So. But, you know, of course, it turns out fake as shit. Well, yeah, but, you know, they don't know that yet, Joe. Right. And they, so, they find out that the girl, that they have the servant is one of the dancers, too. And then Zena's like, oh, well, you know. They basically just kind of come along with her and sneak in, or Xena does at least. Yeah. And they get to the party where, like, everybody's eating, they're getting lit. <laughs> Nemos has the box with him, like, just, like, right there. Mm-hmm. Convenient. At the party. At the party, very conveniently on the table for Xena to see when she gets in. But before she sees it, she's pretending to be a dancer, right? Mm-hmm. Her dancing 
It's really weird. She's not dancing like any of the other dancers in there. Mm-hmm. She's like dancing like how I think somebody from the 70s who was really, really high would dance. <laughs> she was just like flailing around and it looked like, I don't think they meant it to be comical, but to me it was a little bit comical. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, her dancing was like a mixture of belly dancing with, with straight up. Hippies at a at Woodstock kind of. Oh, for sure. It was um, just like, I mean, you can't see, but I'm flailing my arms, and it was really weird. I was just like, "What is she doing? Is she, is this Zena being sexy?" <laughs> but I guess it was because it worked. Yeah, it worked. And I think that's pretty. What you said before is pretty typical of the show, or something might not necessarily be intended to be silly, but just because the show's so over the top. It, it ends up being silly. Sometimes. I think it's typical of a lot of shows of the time, of that time. Right. Especially like maybe not now, but it, I mean, maybe not then, but now looking back at those shows. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, that was silly. So right when Xena's about to get to the box, which again, there's like a very dramatic sequence of like back and forth shots of like the box and Xena, the box and Xena, <laughs> and her getting closer to the box, and it's like, oh my gosh, she's gonna get it, and then all of a sudden. Um, the king shows up and he's like, what is the box doing here? Which, like, I agree with him. And, um, Nemo's is like, it's my box. I want to look after it. Like, I don't feel comfortable with it being somewhere else. He's like, no, no, I'll take it. And he takes it and Zena's like, damn it. And then, um, Nemo's, who has, like, a real hard-on for Xena at this point, and is standing directly in front of her and cannot tell that it's Xena, even though they just, like, saw each other, like, a couple of hours ago. Whatever. I um, was like, I want her in my room. By the way, in that scene, um, the party scene, I just want to talk about the fashion choices of the scene. Nemos looks like a pillow. <laughs> he looks like a pillow, and he also somehow looks like a pineapple <laughs> because of the pattern of like the quilted pattern on his little on his shirt thing that he's wearing. Yeah, it's like diamond shaped, and um, the color is like that goldy beige. Kind of brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks exactly like these pillowcases that my parents have on their on their couch. He just like has like sham couture. <laughs> yeah. And then Xena is wearing like it's supposed to be like a belly dancing. She's belly dancing, and so she's supposed to be like wearing a belly dancer's outfit, and so she's got the right pants, I guess, and she's got a veil over her mouth. Um, but then she also is wearing, like, a corset. Yeah. Different than all the other dancers, by the right. way. Like, way to try to hide, try to, like, blend in with the crowd, but whatever. So, I'm guessing that, like, an actual belly dancer outfit, like, the way that it's normally depicted, I don't know if that, like, is the real way it's supposed to look, but at least the way it's supposed to look, or at least the way that it usually looks in, like, American media is that it, it, the top looks like a bikini top or something. Yeah, I and think... then and then the bottom is like sheer uh, poofy pants. Mm-hmm. I think kind of the point, at least like you said in American media, when they portray belly dancers, is that you can see their belly. Yeah, because they're belly dancers. But but Zena's wearing a corset that covers her whole belly, mm-hmm. and it makes it really weird because I think she's trying to belly dance, but then like the corset is rigid. Maybe that's why she looked so awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't I, I think, think of that. It's a good catch. I think it is. So, after Nemos tells the guards to, like, take Xena to his room, uh, they do, and she's there waiting for him. He walks in, and he he can't see her face, so he doesn't know that it's Xena. 
Like goes Still? straight straight for the shoulder rub. <laughs> straight for the shoulder rub and like sniffing her hair. In a really creepy way. And then like she just like talks to him a little bit and gets the information she wants out of him, which is where the king's room is. And then she like knocks him out immediately. One punch and he's just like completely passed out. And then she leaves. She goes to the king's room and he's like lamenting his lost child by his crib mm-hmm. that is covered in spider webs. That's like, uh, what? First of all, in the beginning, I'm pretty sure they say that, like, it just happened. Like, his wife and his kid just died. And so why is it covered in spider webs already? Did they did they say that his, his son just died? I thought they only said that he, that they died. But either way, he must not have great service at the castle because that crib was filthy. And he's, like, crying about his son. Not literally crying, but you know what I mean. He's sad about it. And, like, Xena decides that, like, that's the moment when she's going to knock him out. He's like, oh, no, my baby, I miss you so much. And he, like, passes out. And I'm like, that's, again, pretty brutal. Yeah, and it's one it's one hit again. So I'm pretty sure Xena's, like, one punch man. Uh, at one point, I think in the... I don't remember if it was at the party or or after Xena jumps out the window and Bungie jumps down. Um, but... Nemo says that the king is distracted by his moral convictions. Mm-hmm. It's just like the most literal, the most literal I've ever seen that sort of trope, I guess, of the ruler who does have convictions and then one of his underlings who who wants to usurp him in, in order to like do what they feel is really right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I've never seen it more spelled out as the king is distracted by his moral convictions. He's basically saying, like, the king is a good guy, and I'm the bad guy. (laughs) After she gets into the the king's room, uh, there's a dog, and it, like, growls at her. And she just, like, waves it away, and it's like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Even the dog is terrified of Xena. I thought that was funny, too. That's not a very good dog. No. Not, Not at least if it's supposed to be a guard dog. She takes a box from the king's room after she knocks him out. And she takes it to Pandora just in time. They do, like, a very dramatic slow motion thing where, like... I mean, it's not quite so dramatic as slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's a slow motion sequence for dramatic effect. She resets the box. Pandora resets the box. And everything is fine. Except Xena all of a sudden wants the king to have the baby and so she takes him the baby or no she puts the baby in the dusty dusty crib and the king's like what a baby and she's like he's a baby that needs a father and your father that needs a baby or something like that (laughs) and then he's like yes of course you're right i've been so blind and of course nemo comes in and he's like no way not keeping the baby not going forward with your plan because i'm evil yeah and he the first thing he says that even sounds like he's about to disobey the king is like what i do is for the betterment of the kingdom and then right after that scene is like uh-uh and she like grabs the baby kicks both of the guys in the face runs out and throws the baby at gabrielle <laughs> like really quick all of a sudden all this like, weird can stuff can you is- say dramatic <laughs> like usually when we're watching the episode because we watch it together we try not to have, like, really big reactions to things because we want to talk about it afterwards. We want to, like, save it for the podcast. We couldn't. Like, there was just no way that we couldn't react to that because it was so sudden. And so silly. 
It was like, yeah, it was really, really, really silly. There was really, really thick dramatic tension of, is this, is this guy who's supposed to be an advisor to the king? Is he going to do, like, is he going to have a coup right now? Is he going to, like, overtake the king? But no, Cena just, like, cuts through all of that instantly and, like, grabs the baby (laughs) and kicks him all in the face and runs away. (laughs) She's like, like, nah. Screw screw this dramatic tension. I'm going. Bye. (laughs) Start the fight scene already. I think, and I think that's probably partially a result of just like the length of time they have as a show. They don't have time to like sit around and have like a staring contest while like a coup is about to happen. So I think that they did that so that there would be another fight in the episode Mm -hmm. because there was only one before. Which is where she does the fire breathing. That was the only kind of like battle scene that we got in this episode, and so mm-hmm. I thought like they they must have had to do something else for there to be another fight up sequence because otherwise, you know. Yeah, there has to be a climax. Yeah, a physical fight climax. Yeah, and so she takes the baby. She sees Gabrielle, and she fucking tosses the baby at Gabrielle, which is like okay. One time I was like, whoa, that's weird. Did not expect it to happen. Another. 25 times (laughs) that baby is like thrown up and down and like kicked and i was like that baby must be dead at that point like or at least have a concussion i was like that shaken baby syndrome (laughs) that baby is not okay like i could not believe like every single time that i would get thrown again i could not believe that it happened again i was like what are they trying to go for? Like, why are they throwing this baby so much? Like, at that point, it must have been for comedic effect, I it, think. It's, it's like, farcical, you know? It's supposed to be, you know, the same as, as, like, then this person runs in that door, out that door, the other person goes in that door. Okay. Wait, they were just over there. Now mm-hmm. they're over here. And it's, I think it's supposed to be the the same kind of comedy. Or, oh, throw the baby. Now I have to fight. And then I throw the baby over there. And then throw the baby back. And then throw the baby in midair and fight while it's floating. It's a baby, though. <laughs> what? Um, okay, fine. Yeah. I don't know how they expect that baby to be the ruler in the future because it's <laughs> going to have some serious brain damage. Yeah. You know, after the fight scene's over, it ends It ends with Xena killing Nemos. And then uh, it cuts to sometime later when the king has a baby and Pandora is talking to the king and says, you know, they're talking about how the king has let Pandora keep the box in his uh, special vault to keep it super duper safe. I think at the end, Pandora and the king kind of like get together. No, they don't get together. I feel like they do, though. I mean, I think he more like hires her to be the nanny. Really? I think that's a closer... Because he says... Because that's the first time they met. Okay, but... Because he's like... he's gonna need a mother Mm -hmm. like he's gonna need a mother that to me sounds like you are the mother figure of my child therefore you and i are together i'm gonna i'm gonna vote i vote for nanny i vote for they become a thing and if they're not in love now they'll fall in love in maybe a month or something (laughs) so right before xena leaves they're like oh my gosh we love you you saved us all and they're like what what do you, you know what do you want in return for everything you've done for us and she's like no nah, i don't really want anything and they're like come on really and she's like oh name the baby gabriel because that's what 
um, Gabrielle had been calling the baby the whole time. After Pandora and the king are talking to each other, it cuts to Gabrielle and Xena in the vault. And they're looking at the at Pandora's box and talking about it. And then they go to walk away and they knock it over, opens up, and nothing happens at all. I don't know what they were expecting to see inside. Maybe Hope really was in there and they screwed up and they let it go. <laughs> Like, there's no real way to know that, because what is, like, is a little monster supposed to run out and be like, I'm Hope, see you later. (laughs) I think as far as, I'm thinking about it from a plot perspective, I think they needed something to, I don't know why, but they needed something literal to exemplify Hope. Them finding out that there was nothing in the box kind of led them to have, like, this realization of, like, oh... Hope was within us the whole time, you know, like, which is, I don't know, the whole box was kind of like a weird plot device. I didn't really understand it. There was no, other than them knocking it down and realizing that there was nothing in there, there was no, um, like, real conclusion to it. And, like, it didn't really tie into the story. I don't know. It tied into the story because of Pandora. But I don't feel like Pandora tied into the story. She was uh, superfluous, too. Like, if you cut out everything with Pandora, the, the story still exists and stands up. If anything, like, the baby sort of replaces the box for Pandora. So that brings me to, what do you think the moral of the episode was? Um, I don't think that the episode has a moral. Uh, I think they wanted to tell this story about the baby. And, like, if there is any kind of moral presented in the episode, it's that hope was his, hope is within us all. Um, but that is not what the story of the episode talks about. Yeah. It's only tacked on at the very end. Mm-hmm. Really, really sort of almost randomly. If, you know, Pandora wasn't in the... The only thing that really ties that message to the story is that Pandora is literally standing around the whole episode. Right. With them. I think that I agree with you in that there was no real, like, explicit moral in the episode, or at least in the storyline. There was nothing that, like, Xena did or Gabrielle did that, like, we can reflect on as an audience after having watched the episode. And I do think, I think that they might have even known that. So that's why they attached this, like, message of hope at the end that was kind of random and very clunky in the way that it was presented to the audience. Because it's like, they knock over the box, they realize it's empty, and it's like, oh, wow, look... It looks like hope was within us the whole time, or hope was never lost, or whatever. And it's just very literal. Mm-hmm. And it was a very like literal message that kind of almost didn't fit with the rest of the story, I thought. What would you rate this episode? I give this episode five pointless plot devices out of ten. Uh, because it was pretty entertaining with how silly it was, but it was also lacking in substance compared to you know the pre- previous episodes we've analyzed so far. I would give this episode 7 out of 10 concussed babies because I agree with you that there was not much substance within the plot, but I really liked all of the like very dramatic elements of this episode. I thought they were so funny in in a way that like we said before, I don't know if they were meant to be funny, but I really liked them. Like they made me engage with the story even more. Those were some weird choices that Michael Levine made, but there were choices that worked for me, for the most part. I might actually raise mine to a six because I I did really like the um you know like the fight choreography. It was more creative than than 
And I mean, it always is in this show, and I can't I can't take that away from them. So I'll, I think I'll raise it up to a six or something. So that's all we have for this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Xena Podcast. If you enjoy your podcast, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can email them at xenapodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to listen next week when we review Season 1, Episode 5, The Path Not Taken. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.